Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode one of the Ghost in the Standard podcast. My name is Alejandro, and today we're going to be talking about Donald Trump's broken promises to America uh, during the coronavirus pandemic. You may be asking yourself, what broken promises has our president Donald Trump made to America during this coronavirus pandemic? And if you ever tune into CNN or Fox News or uh, MSNBC, you'll usually you'll see that Donald Trump has these press briefings at the White House almost every single day to talk about the coronavirus. And what you'll see and what we'll go through in this podcast today is a litany of different promises Donald Trump has made to the American people that he has not provided on. And these these promises have not come to fruition so the first and most prominent promise Trump has made was on March 13th, and it had to do about testing. And on this day at the White House, Trump was flanked by leaders um, such as CEOs from giant retailers and testing companies alike. And Trump promised to create a mobile testing infrastructure across America. Now, this is something that we've seen in South Korea, uh, who was really on top of their testing whenever they had their outbreak there and was able to flatten the curve and curtail the spread of coronavirus due to, to, due to their extensive testing. And what uh, Trump was trying to create here and what Trump was trying to promise here was a holistic system that had a website, that had uh, giant retailers on board, and that had testing companies on board to create drive-through testing sites across the country. And ideally, this would start with a highly functional website that could operate with high traffic that would lead users to a mobile testing site at a local Walmart or Walgreens where they could get their testing done. And as we have seen in the past couple of weeks, something like that would be huge for America as far as creating uh, an environment where we can get people tested quickly, get people tested safely, and really start flattening out this curve uh, of the coronavirus pandemic. But the sad and stark reality of the situation is that Walgreens had two testing sites, Walmart had two testing sites, and CVS had four testing sites. So that's eight testing sites in all of America. And keep in mind, America is a country of 330 million people. So just doing basic math there, you can figure out that eight testing sites isn't going to cut it for 330 million people during a pandemic. And so you may be asking yourself why this was a failure. And simply put, the combination of the partnership of public government and private entities and private companies working together is almost never going to work out. Primarily, just in my opinion, it's because the government and companies both have different agendas at the end of the day. You know, the government is trying to work for their people and is trying to create a prosperous nation while private companies are trying to, you know, uh, maximize their profits and really make sure they're doing everything they can for their shareholders. Keep in mind, the shareholders, not for citizens of America like the government. And what I've noticed over these past month or so is that Trump does not understand his authority as president. He does not understand what power he has, and he does not understand how to allocate that power 
and how to make sure that he's doing what he can for America. And this is just a perfect example, you know. He didn't understand his authority and didn't understand retailers' capacity in order to work with a testing company in order to create a drive-through mobile testing uh, testing site. And as a result, there's no proper planning for this whatsoever. And so there's no viable execution just from the start. There's, this idea was dead from the start. You know, he promised this on March 13th and it was dead the same day. Obviously, it took people a lot longer to to realize that that is never going to happen. But like I said, there's no viable execution for this whatsoever because Trump does not understand what he's doing uh, in order to provide for the American people. And that's just kind of the stark reality of it. And Trump not understanding how to be an effective leader and providing for the American people has been an institutional problem not only since the first day of this pandemic, but it's also been an institutional problem ever since he stepped foot in the White House. And honestly, probably before that, you know, how he mismanaged his companies and had to get a bailout from his dad in order to save his casino that still went bankrupt any day anyway. But that's a story for another day. But getting back on topic here, uh, this has been an institutional problem that Trump has not been able to manage being the president of this country and it the thing about it is that it's so blatant it's so obvious that he has done a horrible job but people are so out of touch the american people are so out of touch with politics that they don't they don't understand what trump's doing you know there's people getting these checks in the mail from the government of 12 the 1200 dollars checks and you know they're saying thank you trump thank you trump this is all trump this is my trump check you know, and, you know, if you followed the whole, anything going on with the CARES Act, you'd know that this all started, actually, ironically enough, is Mitt Romney who kind of brought it up first, but obviously the Democratic Party was the ones who kind of pioneered, let's get these stimulus checks out to the American people because they need them. This is, you know, all of, this is all Congress is doing. They're the ones who are responsible for the stimulus checks not the president, but at the end of the day, guess who's going to get their their name signed at the bottom of the check that's going out to 330 million American people? It's Donald Trump, even though all he did was just sign the bill. That's all he did. And so that's the, that's the very frustrating part about all of this is that Trump has, you know, been so blatant in his mismanagement of being president, but people do not understand that at the end of the day. And so, you know, as a result of all this, you know, testing, PPE equipment, collaboration collaboration from governors, an organized pandemic response has all been things that are in short supply right now. And those are all things that we really, really need, if you haven't noticed. And I just feel like if Trump just spent less time consumed with the court of public opinion, you know, pandering to his base, checking the ratings of his press briefings every day on Twitter, you know, America would be in a much better place. And, you know, I've told friends and family, Trump is probably the least equipped person to handle this pandemic as a president than literally almost anybody else I can think of off the top of my head. Just because of his personality, because of of how out of touch he is with actual working class Americans, is just not a 
it's it's really a doomsday scenario and that's how it's playing out right now so don't get don't get uh sidetracked and don't fall for his gaslighting of him saying that he saved millions of people and he did everything exactly right no he did not he did the exact opposite things would be much better in america if we had a leader who's able to properly manage and allocate their power and lead all the governors and make sure everyone's on the same track in order to fight against this pandemic response but instead we got trump so yeah there's that and the last thing i wanted to touch on as far as this promise trump has made was google and trump during the press briefing mentioned that google was the lead on creating the website for this program for this promise and had nearly seven seventeen hundred software engineers creating the website and as you can guess this was wrong that google was not even the primary lead of the website is actually their sister company called verily uh, that was working on the website and verily wasn't even working on the website for the whole country verily was working on this website for just five counties in central california not the whole United States. So this is just something that was for the state of California that the state of California actually admissioned and let Verily uh, start working on. So Trump didn't even have an involvement in that. So another promise Trump has broken to the American people was that he said he would waive regulations to allow doctors to work in states where they were not licensed. So if I was licensed in New Mexico as a doctor, I could go work in Michigan or New York during the pandemic in order to you know help where things are really bad. And at first, it sounds like a viable and great idea. You know, I cannot find anything wrong with this idea. However, the president does not have this power. You know, to say on a national basis that every doctor could work in any state. Now, it's a state by state issue. And that's something today, um, I was watching the press briefing of Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York. This is, I'm recording this on the 17th of April, and that's something he was touching on. He was saying how, you know, him as governor of New York, he knows what type of powers he has. They're outlined in the 10th Amendment by James Madison and Thomas Jefferson, what type of powers he has as governor of New York. However, he said Trump, on the other hand, does not understand the type of power he has he thinks he has total authority, you know, as he stated earlier this week, he has total authority to do whatever he wants when he does not understand that states have their own laws and issues. And that's something Trump needs to kind of get a grip on at the end of the day is that, you know, he's not the he's not the authoritarian, you know, dictator that he really thinks he is in, in his mind. He is the president of the United States. He's a public servant, you know. And so that's something that's also just very concerning to me is that Trump does not understand his power. And that's another reason why he can't manage his power at the end of the day. He can't manage being president of the United States because he doesn't understand what powers he has at the end of the day. And the last promise I wanted to get to today was the one of Trump's rollout of the Defense Production Act. Uh, for people who don't know what that is, that is... During times of crisis in America, there is uh, an act that says that the president can force private companies um, to create products for the government, uh, to create products for the people. And so, you know, a perfect example of this would be if I was president, I could tell 
you know, Ford, hey, we need ventilators. We're down on ventilators. We need ventilators for the American people. So stop producing cars and start producing ventilators for the American people. It's really just easy as that, you know. And that's something that Trump, first of all, he should have done, you know, months ago, is he should have told multiple different manufacturing companies, you know, there's a huge pandemic coming our way and we need to create PPE equipment in order to fight this pandemic. And he has the power to do that, you know. He, at the end of the day, he has the power to do that. But he did not do that. Instead, he waited and waited and waited. And he finally did this, I think, in the middle of March. He told GM that you guys need to start producing ventilators. And if you know anything about the coronavirus and how it affects the human body, ventilators are absolutely essential towards the survival of anyone who's infected with the coronavirus because it helps you breathe. And that's something the coronavirus does is it essentially floods your lungs so that you can't breathe. And so ventilators are there to help you breathe for people who are, you know, in really, really dire conditions with the coronavirus. But instead, Trump just held off on using his full powers to, you know, command these private companies like GM to start producing uh, ventilators for America. And according to a presidential directive to GM on ventilator manufacturing, it essentially said and told the company just to do what it is already doing, which was nothing. And so there's another instance where Trump had the power to create more ventilators for American people and save more lives at the end of the day. And he did not seize the moment. You know, he did not utilize his power correctly. And because of that, unfortunately, American people are going to die. And that should not be the case whatsoever. So transitioning from that heavy subject, we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. All right, guys, we're back. Thank you for turning in. And now we're going to talk about why I believe Trump is always making these huge promises and not delivering on them. Um, And this is not something that just has to do with the coronavirus. This is something that we've seen with his administration um, from the start of his campaign. He promised a lot of different things to his base that he has not provided on, even remotely. Um, But that seems to be ignored a lot of times. And that's a a different podcast for a different day. Today, we're just going to talk about the coronavirus. And why I think this is, is Trump is just too fixated on his success, his approval ratings, and the support of his base. And, you know, things like the ratings of his press briefings. Um, because of this, he has promised just such large and extravagant rollouts to combat the coronavirus that in reality it's just not possible. You know, or it would be possible if he actually applied himself, but, you know, either way, it's just not possible for our president, um, right now. And this just created a vicious cycle where we see the president just fall farther and farther down as he grasps at the straws by pandering to his base, calling on them to liberate their state, utilizing their Second Amendment rights. Just take a second just to think about that. The President of the United States is on Twitter telling his base and, you know, the American people to liberate their state. Uh, If I'm being specific, 
he said liberate Michigan, all caps, liberate Minnesota, all caps, and liberate Virginia, all caps. On a side note, all those states have Democratic governors, so there's that. But just think about how irresponsible that is. The President of the United States is telling American citizens to utilize their Second Amendment rights to violate the stay-at-home order during a pandemic of an extremely contagious virus. How is this going to end well for anyone? This is just beyond belief what type of situation we're in right now. And, you know, the reality of the situation is that we have a president who took no leadership role or responsibility when coronavirus stuck, struck the United States. You know, instead, he said he's going to take a back seat and he's going to let the governors kind of spearhead the attack and defense against the coronavirus, which has led to an environment where states such as California and New York and Texas are fighting and bidding on things such as hospital beds, ventilators, PPE equipment, when they shouldn't have to be doing that. Why do states, why do different states have to be fighting against each other and bidding against each other to get equipment to help American people? We're all American people at the end of the day. Why is there not a more holistic, uh, holistic organization of how we fight against the coronavirus? But instead, the president just sat on his ivory tower And he watched the United States burn as governors gave a concerted effort. But at the end of the day, each individual state cannot fight off the virus by its own. Because the coronavirus does not care about borders. So, like, I I ask you guys again, why are we combating the coronavirus on a state-by-state basis? You know, we have states with the, like California, with Governor Gavin Newsom, who was the first one to call a stay-at-home order. And even though California has the highest population out of all, you, all the states in the United States, you know, they're nowhere near, nearly as close as Michigan or New Jersey or New York in confirmed cases and deaths. Because Gavin Newsom actually knew what he was doing and was vigilant and got out ahead of the coronavirus and was able to save as many people as he could. And then we have other cases where we have Governors from Arkansas and Iowa who waited to the very, very, very last second to issue a stay-at-home order. And because of that, people are going to die because people don't understand how serious this is and we need to stay home in order to combat this virus. Man, it would, it would be nice if we had you know, someone who could manage the bridge between local and state governments and the federal government, like the President of the United States. But no, instead Trump just kind of just threw threw in the white towel and just said, hey, you know, you guys take care of this. I'm just going to do whatever I want. You guys come to me if you need something. You know, I'll, I'll be in the back just watching some TV. That's really what this is, you know? And now we've gone to the point where Trump is really thrown in the towel because he said, you know, he's helped the states this so much already that, you know, it's just too much work. I I helped you guys with getting PPE equipment. I helped you guys with getting hospital beds. I helped you guys with getting ventilators. 
but the testing it's just too complicated it's too hard you know i can't do that that's not that's not my problem you guys figure that one out i'll sit this one out i'll take a quick breather how is that acceptable whatsoever why does the president of the united states get to say something like that i don't it just makes no sense to me and you know i i can't help but believe the reason why the united states is in the position it is right now where it has more confirmed cases than any other state in the world, any other country in the world, excuse me there, is because we have leadership that does not know what they're doing. You know, we have a president that does not care and is out of touch. And as a result of that, we have 50 different governors trying to combat the coronavirus all in their different ways. When in reality, we need a... a concerted and combined effort from the whole United States you know why are we f so focused and fixated on each different state this is something that's affecting the whole United States this is why we need someone to kind of take control of what's going on right now but now it's too late and coronavirus has wreaked havoc across the United States we have more than 700,000 cases and more than 35,000 dead and now we have to take extremes, like stay-at-home orders, in order to make sure we can do everything we can to flatten out the curve and do what we can to fight the coronavirus. And, you know, we still have the president in his ivory tower telling his base to mobilize and fight against the stay-at-home orders due to the spread of the coronavirus in America that he is responsible for. Just, just let that sink in for a second. Trump is the one who did not take any responsibility or did not take a leadership role and told the governors that you guys are in charge of this operation. And now Trump is criticizing them, saying that they're doing a bad job. The Michigan governor is doing a bad job. The New York governor is doing a bad job. And now he's on Twitter telling his base to mobilize because the governors are doing a bad job. Does it, how does that make any sense whatsoever? This is all you're doing. Donald Trump you know if you actually had actually been active in participating and finding out ways and working with the CDC in order to do everything everything you can to save American people we would not be in this position and you would not be telling your base to liberate from their state and causing damn near another civil war for all we know but the sad part is that his base is just eating it right up. Within within the coming weeks, we'll see Trump supporters in Minnesota, Mi Michigan, and Virginia capitals protesting for their liberty like Trump told them to. But what liberty? You know? People need to understand that staying at home is your way for fighting for your liberty. You know? I saw one video, lady in Michigan at the the protests in Lansing say that they need to reopen America as soon as they can so she can do essential things like go to her hairdresser. Really? Hairdressing is more essential than people's lives right now? And you guessed it, she's a Trump supporter. That just goes to show how out of touch not only Trump is, but some of his supporters, you know? How can you talk about opening up America again when people are dying every single day and things are not even close to getting better right now, 
Sure, we flattened the curve out a little bit, but people are still dying every single day. People are still getting infected every single day. And people want to rush the reopening of America again. You know, today I saw the, the governor of Texas already talking about his plan to reopen the state. Like, that's, I understand the economic consequences, but these are human lives we're talking about at the end of the day here. Why does opening up the economy so people can go shop at Target again and get Lord knows whatever they want or go shop at, I don't even know at this point, get whatever they want? Why is that more important than people's lives right now? You know, and that just goes to show just the Republican base as a whole and how they think and the power structures that be. And, you know, you have just this weird, weird dynamic in the Republican Party bubble where we have, you know, the ultra-wealthy ultra that really have all the say in the party, let's be honest here. We have the ultra-wealthy, and then we have the Christian identity politics, you know, abortion and all that, and we have the white identity politics, you know, the Trump supporters that we see in Michigan and uh, protesting for their liberty. Um, and we're seeing, you know, the Republican Party using... Trump supporters and these white identity and Christian identity politics supporters in the Republican Party, the ultra-wealthy is using them to reopen the economy again because that's all the ultra-wealthy cares about is reopening the economy at the end of the day because they're trying to make money. They're trying to make money. That's all they care about is trying to make money. And so they're mobilizing, you know? The ultra-wealthy is trying to mobilizing the the other side of the party, the white identity politics side of the party, by tricking them to think that, you know, they're losing their liberty at the end of the day when they're really not. It's just a huge scam at the end of the day. And, you know, I could go on for hours about this and how people don't understand the power structures that be. And, you know, I wish more people knew about what's really going on in America because it, it, it really is concerning. And I wish there was more I could do. And, you know, I will do my best to, you know, try to spread the word on what's going on in America. And that's what this podcast is for at the end of the day. And, you know, that's that's probably all I got for today. But, you know, thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with another podcast. Uh, we'll have a different subject, something to do with politics. Uh, in the meantime, make sure to check out the com website. Uh, we have some uh, some new posts up there. Some new blogs that you can check out having to do with politics, business, and technology. We'll have more coming in the next few weeks. And until then, uh, you know, stay safe, social distance, and I'll see you guys in the next podcast.